Welcome into Film Tank, the weekly podcast that covers both new and classic cinema. On this episode of Film Tank, we discuss the 2018 version of Halloween, directed by David Gordon Green, and again starring Jamie Lee Curtis. If you would like to get in touch with Film Tank, you can always email us at filmtankshow at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Film Tank Show. And you can listen to all of our episodes on our website, filmtankshow.com, or on iTunes. And now, here are your hosts, Nick Cheney, Toussaint Egan, and myself, Alex Diekman. Hey there, everybody, and welcome back into Film Tank. This is episode 172, and I am Alex Diekman. Along with me today, Nick Cheney. Hey. How you doing? I'm doing good. How about you? Uh, Pretty, uh, pretty good, yeah. Okay. Thanks. Welcome um, to the show. Oh, th- thank you. That's all. Um, thank you. Okay. Uh, Tucson, okay. Tucson, Egan, again, not Hi. here. Hi. Hi, again. <laughs> Hello. This isn't a call-in. Oh. You're actually here. Hello? <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, just ignore me. I was going to say, you're... you're, you're Seems like you're kind of getting out of like a weird Chris Farley thing from SNL. That's all right. That was awesome. You remember back when you were in the Beatles? Yes. Yes, we do. Okay. okay. Hi. Tucson Egan also is not here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but our friend Kenny Marcellus decided to drop by hey. again for his third episode in the last five. I'm back. I know. That's. Almost a record. It's almost like I'm back in the show. I know. And then Halloween's going to be over, and he will not be heard of for another <laughs> I mean, 11 months. He'll be dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Until... I, I, I say that in, like, you know, like in film tank world, you're, oh. you're dead, you know? No, and then no. Halloween comes, and you're resurrected. Sure. That's really well put. I like it. Next year, we'll t- start doing horror movies, and all of a sudden, Kenny's ears will perk up, and I'll be like... <gasps> What? Somewhere a pumpkin's being trashed. <laughs> okay. Hi. So, yeah. Boy, this is off to a just wonderful start. Oh, man. We've had a lot of great starts on uh, this podcast. So this but one's this one's, one of the best. It's up there. I agree. It's a it's a topper. Yep. It's in, it's in the... Put it on a cake. Because it's a cake topper. Oh. Okay. Uh, so, uh, we are talking about just the... make sure the stripper <laughs> still has an air hole. Because <laughs> there's a stripper inside this cake. <laughs> this story is very elaborate. Ooh. Yeah, this is why I'm back. Not, <laughs> not for the horror talk. No, this it's for this right you, here. In, not that Nick doesn't do these kind of things, but today feels like a special occasion because he is just—he's uh, got his his A material out today. <laughs> Thank you. Thank so, you. You're welcome. <laughs> so today we are discussing the new Halloween film. Halloween, uh, which is a sequel. Uh, With the same name. Correct, which is bizarre. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition, uh, this is retconning the entire Halloween franchise other than the original 
Absolutely. So definitely a different direction from the story with Lori being related to Michael Myers uh, and anything that happened throughout the rest of the entirety of the franchise uh, and pretty much just a continuation on what it would look like 40 years after the massacre happened. So the film uh, is written and directed by David Gordon Green, although there were other people who assisted him in the screenplay, including Danny McBride. Yeah. Who, uh, Kenny Powers. Yeah. Uh, which was an interesting addition to this. Uh, I, I guess I just don't know the whole story regarding it. If he was like just a really enthusiastic fan who always wanted to make a Halloween film or how exactly this Pretty played out. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, okay. Like, once he knew, because he works with David Gordon Green all the time as a writing partner, mm-hmm. and then David ends up directing the stuff. Uh, but basically, it was, from what I understand, Danny selling David on the idea and, like, you know, whatever he had in his head. Like, they hadn't even written the script, but he was just like, I'll write it if, you know, we can do this, and pitching it to Blum. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's all I got. Okay. You call him David Allen Green? No, David no. Gordon Green. Oh. I, just, I thought that's what I heard. Sorry, my bad. Did I, did I say Alan? It's all right. Yeah. Holy fucking shit. All right, let's start from the top. <laughs> well, there's no way it could be worse than what we've done so far, so it <laughs> might actually be a good idea. Hi. <laughs> God damn it. So, in this version, uh, Lori Strode comes to her final confrontation with Michael Myers, the masked figure who has haunted her since she narrowly escaped his killing spree on Halloween four decades ago. So the film does bring back Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode, although she was in Halloween 2 and she was in (coughs) Halloween H2O. And Resurrection. She is now... So this is like her fifth appearance. But... The character, just like the rest of the universe, yes. only exists in this film as if only the first film happened. Correct. Also here is Judy Greer, playing her daughter Karen, and Andy... Karen. Karen? She literally had the moment where she shouts Karen. Really? Um, That's yeah. great. When, um, when Karen won't stop talking to the cops and she wants to get her in the house. They should have gotten Will Patton. Not Will Patton. I'm sorry. He's also in the film. He is in the movie. He is in <laughs> this film. They did get him. They did. Wow. Way to go. He's such Wish you know, fulfilled. Boy, he's he's you know he's, he's a tough one to get out there. They should have gotten Ray Liotta in this film just to say that. <laughs> and also to do a Shantix pitch. There we go. Uh, and then Andy Minachik is the granddaughter uh, who is the Laurie Strode stand-in here pretty much. Her name is Allison. And as I mentioned already, Will Patton is in this film. Uh, and some other people who you probably would recognize, but you have no idea who they actually are. Um, you've seen them in TV shows or commercials or that kind of thing. Uh, although I will mention uh, this guy's name, which is Jabrail Nen Tambu, <laughs> who plays Julian, uh, uh. the uh, child who's being babysat. <laughs> MVP. I was going to say, his uh, inclusion in this film was actually, I thought, pretty good. Yes. Because uh, he wasn't, like, over the top like the kid in Role Models. Yeah. But at the same time, um, he was also funny. So it just kind of worked. For that five minutes, he was a delight. Yeah. And, and it, it was And he wasn't realistic. in the film for the rest of the 
movie either. He was, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what were you going to yep. say next? Time? I was going to say that that was uh, a moment when the film was attempting comedy, but that's exactly sometimes how babysitters talk to their kids because they yeah. want to relate to them and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, absolutely. It so, was great. Yep. And uh, the way that whole scene played out, uh, I thought was quite wonderful. And, um, yeah. So last year we did a comparison episode talking about the original Halloween and the first Rob Zombie Halloween uh, film. Um, and now here we are uh, with the second film in the Halloween series, the second try at the second film. Actually, it's technically the third try at the second <laughs> film because Rob Zombie also True. did Halloween 2, which I, is much different than the original Halloween 2, which has nothing to do with this version. I love that the attempt here was to get rid of the uh, canon of this franchise and get rid of the confusingness, and really it just made it more To be fair... And that's exactly what they were trying to do. But also, the fact that they were trying to hit that home, it's just kind of like, you know what, to to be completely honest, I feel like almost every Halloween sequel tr- basically forgets what the hell has happened. Ba- like every, every, every horror movie. Well, yes and no, in the sense that that is like how we think of horror movies. But you watch uh, the F- Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Even though those are new character, whatever, they are very clear in that this is that person's neighbor. Like, they will, you know, there is a continuity there that actually makes sense, even if those movies get worse and worse as they go on. And even Friday the 13th, like, at least they're saying things like, oh, well, this is Camp Crystal, whatever, is closed, you know, whatever. The, I mean... The second movie made them brother and sister for no reason. The third movie had nothing to do with anything. The fourth... No, like, literally. I know, but it's, uh, just, it's just the way you said it. The fourth movie uh, has, you know, obviously the curse being passed on, so that's a whole other magical voodoo thing. Later on, uh, Laurie's able to kill Michael, but then they both come back, and the one after... I'm, so I these these movies are the worst when it comes to like timeline like more than any other uh, popular horror franchise. Mm. Just, Which really, it's only on the strength of Michael Myers that it's even remotely acceptable. Uh, it's kind of mind-boggling how convoluted and shitty and messy this is whole. It's all gotten and is still such a strong brand. Yeah. So I don't know. I no, yeah, it, no. I thought it was odd that they tried to correct that and just fucked it up even more. <laughs> but anyway, you were saying uh, we we reviewed and compared the original and the zombie. I don't know where you were going with that. No, I was just kind of trying to uh, tie it all tie it a little okay. bit together. I mean, there. If you would like to hear our thoughts on those films, you should listen back to that episode. I was there. You were well done. Hey. Great job, buddy. <laughs> Gold star. Uh, so. <laughs> Uh, this Halloween film, uh, Kenny obviously really wanted to talk about it, and we've actually been planning this episode for like half a year, so it's very exciting that uh, the film came out, and we all got a chance to see it, and um, I think Nick should go first, because you are really into horror films, and it's been a, not a new thing for you, but over the last couple of years, it's really become a bit of an obsession. Yep. Um well, that's how I treat everything in my life. I under- yep. That's why you're always uh, calling me. So, <laughs> uh, so I, I think you, you should... You ever s- really liked a girl, but you just couldn't have her? That was a really good line. It was. That was a good scene, too. <laughs> it was. Yep. Uh, that wasn't a serious question to you, by the way. 
Oh, even though you answered it. Wait, what was your question? Oh, I didn't have a question. He had he he brought up the line and then you oh, answered I it. Oh, I get it. Yeah, I gotcha. Do you? I understand what just happened. Okay. Hi. Oh. <laughs> I knew it was coming. You son of a bitch! I swear to God, we're not high or anything. It's hi. <laughs> I was just repeating what you said. Okay, this is this is really going uh, great. So, anyways, Nick, why don't you start us off and. Um, Again, we've already pretty much killed 11 minutes uh, with saying nothing and being awkward. So why don't we uh, try to make for the... yourself, bitch. <laughs> try to make the next 11 minutes a little better. Yeah, I was really excited for this movie. Mm-hmm. I had pretty much, like, I, like Alex, you were pretty much almost always texting me when a new trailer would come out or whatever, because I'm really bad at, like, keeping up with that shit. And so, I, you know, I... Because of you, I was able to be like, oh, every step of the way, the poster, you know, the first image of Jamie Lee Curtis up on the... That was great, by the way. Yeah, you know, whatnot. So I've been very much looking forward to this for a lot of reasons. One of them being that the Halloween franchise is fun. It's not my favorite horror franchise, even though the first film is easily one of my favorite horror films. Uh, I think that's actually the difference between Halloween and all of its brethren uh is that halloween is the only franchise where i don't know that you could really make a case for any of the sequels being as good as the first film whereas like i'm all ears for which jason movie is your favorite and which freddy krueger movie is your favorite because they are so wild and weird and there's you know they do something different in each whatever well the first ones of those aren't really classics i mean you could right. maybe make a case for the first nightmare on elm street yeah but, but you're right in the sense that it's not so much that they because Halloween came first, those were just kind of like, oh, let's make another one because horror is a big thing. And that's when it got weird and fun and whatnot. But um, I got to say, I was pretty slightly underwhelmed by this one. Mm-hmm. I pretty much thought the last 20 minutes or so was fantastic. So it was like worth it in the end. But the build up to it was not great, you guys. Um uh, mostly, I thought all the quote-unquote pre-Halloween scenes, Halloween being the day, not the, the movie, <laughs> uh, were pretty bad. Um, a lot of much to do about nothing. Uh, the podcasters, was very pointless thread. Uh, the opening scene was laughable. Uh, the uh, opening scene... Uh, right. Gave me a very like late saw vibe, yeah. which is not good. Yeah, no, I could definitely see that, and um, but mostly with you know the one podcaster screaming <laughs> at uh, Michael mm-hmm. with the math saying "speak, say something." It just felt like a parody almost. Like it was so over the top in a way that these movies aren't usually. Because the whole point is these are very quiet movies. These are very. It's always Michael, and yes, Michael doesn't speak, so it's not like he's you know in a Woody Allen film or something. But was it I just... missing something with that opening scene? Why? Why no. with the with the che- <laughs> like the checkered tiles? Like, is that just oh, an that was art just an aesthetic thing choice, that they yeah. were going for? Which uh... probably they did because that scene was boring. Because that <laughs> actually is one of the better parts of that scene in yeah, the, the sense that is the set dressing and that it looked cool. Distract you with something to look at. Yeah, because the scene was like you said, laughably awkward and weird and especially because i know at one point i told alex that from the trailer that i love that like i'm like oh i love the look of the asylum when you see because they were very smart and did not include any of those lines in the trailer um 
And so, yeah, I just thought that was pretty bad. I also felt like we saw way too much of Michael before he put his mask on. Oh, big time. Yeah. I did not I know we like... don't see him head on, but it was still... It was a good half hour of yeah. the movie where you were seeing a lot of action from Michael with no mask on. And yet... This movie pretends like he's still the shape if he's this guy with a really nice beard. Like, seriously, that's <laughs> well-maintained, and I'm not entirely sure who would put a razor to him or give him a razor to uh, keep that looking really good. Just saying. Uh, I believe uh, Michael Myers, before he puts the mask on, uh, is played by the same gentleman who played him in the original. All I know about what I've read before the movie mm-hmm. is that um, whatever his name is who did mm-hmm. the original, I forget his name, uh, is only in one scene of this movie. Really? Which is the scene in which he first sees Lori. Oh. I don't know exactly what that meant from a review, but in all other scenes, okay. both with and without really? the mask, he was played by a, a different... Yes. And, and I, I knew that he was played by a different... Right. I thought... Uh, but no, he is no, only okay. behind the mask in the first time he sees Laurie, okay. which is kind of a pointless Easter egg. Yes. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of attempts at comedy, which actually did not ruin the movie for me, like, because the bits that worked was funny, and the bits that didn't did not come during a particularly scary part, so it didn't, like, derail the film, so to speak. Um, But, yeah, overall, I just thought this was such an easy movie to get right, and yet it doesn't often. Uh, I don't understand why they didn't just stick to the basics and um, make Laurie the new Dr. Loomis, and I don't mean that literally, like... You don't have to make her a doctor, but she should have been the character who was, like, even though she is, obviously, somewhat, but it should have been less of this PTSD, I'm going to trap myself in a house, even if I love that sequence, but that's just because that's the best part of this movie. Mm -hmm. But I still think it should have gone down the road of Michael ends up stalking somebody, and she's aware of it because she is hypervigilant in this day and age on Halloween and with the bus, whatever, but that she becomes the person going crazy, just like... Dr. Loomis was in the original. He's like, he was literally acting insane. Almost nobody really wants to uh, indulge him, so to speak. And that should have been, I think, her role in this. And it's okay if that's the fu- if the final co- confrontation is between the two of them. Like, it is about her. But to rope in two generations of women while thematically on point in 2018, uh, just not enough characterization there for me to really care Outside the obvious, you know, winking at the hashtag MeToo audience. Um, I just thought that was kind of... I feel like they only did that so that way whatever young girl would get stalked would have to be related to Lori. So then they went two generations because of that. And uh, yeah, I I felt like there were a lot of weak spots. I thought some of the kills were good, and I know, Alex, you're going to mention this, but some of the kills would have been even better if we could have watched them. And, um, (laughs) yeah, I'll pass it off by saying I think there are some bright spots in this movie, and I would watch it again. But, man, I kind of am surprised that they didn't really nail it because budget-wise and I thought cinematography-wise, and I actually did, like, uh, Carpenter's score for this one, it had all the right ingredients, and I like these actors, and I'm all here for a David Gordon Green slice of realism in my Halloween, but... Unfortunately, he didn't quite uh, get it together. So I uh, overall thought this film was actually surprisingly mediocre. 
Um, I, much like you, Nick, and I'm assuming that the uh, popular reading will be that the climactic scene is wonderful and a lot of things that surround it are not great. And I will say this, though. When this movie does things well, it does a great job with them. Um, The scenes, all of the stalking and killing scenes, for the most part, I think all work really well. Um, And the scene where uh, the teenage friend who, like, tries to get with uh, Allison, the daughter, and and then she turns him down because she's not interested... Uh, and then he's saying he's drunk and all the usual high school excuses. And then he has this very uh, wonderfully bizarre conversation with Michael Myers in somebody's backyard. Uh, and that leads to the best line of the movie for sure, where he's like, man, do you ever just like want to be with a woman? And she's just not, you know, just can't get her. And just like, oh, man, like. That's just perfect writing and well-placed. And a lot of the tone in that scene was perfect. And then you have that scene lead into the climactic 30 minutes of the film where we get the finale that is involved with the chase going to the house. Uh, But at the same time, everything basically before that, other than a couple of high points here and there, was very boring. And I think that the film really struggled to get into its story because there's no story to tell here, really. The story is Michael Myers is on the loose again. and Which is fine. Yeah. Because I'm not here for a story. I no. think that was kind of the point, uh, is that this wanted there to be a story. I mean, we have scenes in uh, where... She's dealing with alcoholism and crashing her granddaughter's, not crashing, but, you know, showing up. Like, that's family drama that doesn't quite work. In a, I mean, that's kind of what my thing is, that there's almost too much story and there should have been more of just creature of the night. I suppose, but at the same time, we don't really get a lot of that. A lot of the creature of the night scenes are good in and of themselves, uh, but they last for about... 30 seconds and then we go that's what I'm saying like oh, there's okay, not enough you. of that I got and you. there's a little too much in that first 40 minutes of we're here for an interview and we're here to speak to Michael even though Michael doesn't speak and we're <laughs> like, seriously like this is what we're spending <laughs> oh, our time tried. with <laughs> they tried to get him to speak yes and uh, now we're having family dinner and now dad's the cool dad now we're in high school and and you it's amazing how much you learn about Laurie Strode in the first movie despite the fact that you're never not just following her in school for a second, walking home, and then babysitting. Well, they I, I feel like each time that they attempted to, to sort of introduce a new storyline, they would either botch it somehow or leave it open-ended awkwardly or just kind of get in their own way and fumble with telling that storyline. And it was just, it just felt like a lot of, um, so, so we mentioned the, the episode we did about a year ago where we compared the original and the zombie version of the, the remake. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nick, as you were just saying, it's amazing how much we learn about Lori without it being too overly, uh, explained in the original one, and that was great. It's part of what makes the original so good. Zombies remake, 
I, I've said before, if you're going to remake something, at least make it worth remaking. Add something to it. So with Zombies Remake, we got an overabundance of explaining the backstory of Laurie. Fine. With this <laughs> one, it was a very awkward attempt at doing both, I feel like. And it just didn't do a good job of it. No. Um, I, 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 I don't know. I, Alex, were you done giving your sort of general thoughts on it? or? I mean, in general, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but overall, I, I think this film uh, really missed the mark for the most part. It's It felt like this film was just kind of rushed together, which is kind of weird because it seems like there was no... If you don't get this film out by October 2018, you're a failure. So yeah. uh, this isn't a Marvel film that's on a strict deadline. So the idea that they kind of had a – and maybe they just, you know, in all honesty, like they wanted to make a film with Michael Myers and an older Laurie Strode and they accomplished that. I don't know really what else you can do with this franchise. I mean, there's really not much there. This this franchise, at least in the films I've seen, and there's been quite a few others, but unlike with somebody like Jason or Freddy Krueger uh, or any of the other horror icons, like there's been no venturing outside of Hattonfield. Like this is where it, the story's always taken place, and it's almost always just been a rehashing of the original film. Uh, in usually a not as good bag, so I, I feel like this is a you know very so so film that had high points and low points, and you know just just kind of there. So that's the end of my general thoughts. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll hi. Give, I'll, give, <laughs> I'll give my general thoughts. Hi, Nick. Um, <laughs> I I'm I'm gonna need a little bit of thought on this, and and definitely take your time. This discussion to to sort of figure out what my thoughts are i'm i'm very perplexed right now by this movie like okay. i don't know really how to feel because there was a lot of good to like mm-hmm. and then there was a lot of not so much to be confused and disappointed with so um i i i, I feel like I, th- I think the reason i'm sort of just like is that that's that's it. Like that's all you got for. I think it's only because they 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 went out of their way to to just dispose of the rest of the franchise, almost as if to say like it's almost like John Carpenter sitting back and was like, okay, this has finally gotten out of hand enough. I'm gonna I'm gonna crack the whip and I'm gonna rein it back in and I'm gonna finally right the ship. And they came in like they were gonna fucking correct. It's the first film since the second uh, that had John Carpenter's blessing and involvement. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, it's almost like he said, you know, I've seen enough. I'm sick and tired of this franchise being treated this way. I'm going to come in and I'm going to drop the bomb that's going to actually, like, correct the ship here. It feels more like he's like, ooh, a payday. Yeah. And it's just like, this movie would have been fine had you taken the premise of it and and just been a little creative with it and just had it be another halloween movie like this there's no reason that this final product we got was not good enough to just disregard how many other movies true i mean it's just it's very i don't know it just feels a little bit strong-handed to 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 be what it is 
like like I said, there's there's good things about it, which we can get more into, but it just felt a little over the top to be like, no, this is the direct sequel. We're finally going to get it right. And they didn't. <laughs> Before I saw this movie and I heard that they were going to disregard everything, I'm like, oh, okay, like what yeah, you just said, sure. they want to do this, whatever. After seeing this movie, I'm actually convinced that they're disregarding the sequels because they haven't watched them. And I actually mean that as an insult, like that they're just, I don't, they don't seem like, like the writers of this movie does not seem like they truly love Halloween other than maybe the first film, which I totally get. But it just kind of lacks that. I mean, this is a movie where Laurie Strode says to that doctor an actual line, you're the new Loomis. Yeah. yeah. Like that's, that's really bad. Like that is someone who's like, Oh, I I don't know. I just, I can't believe that made it into the final screw. I mean, the, the, the stuff that was good about this movie is what you like about Michael Myers and, and what would have made it live just being another Halloween movie. It's all this bullshit that they tried to rewrite the sequel to the original where they fucked it up. Like that's where it fall. It fell on its face. Like, I, I just think it, it just didn't execute what they were really going out for, where they really should have just been making another Halloween movie. Like, it's fine as another Halloween movie. It's yeah. serviceable, you know? So I'm not going to sit here and say I, I was, you know, angry about it or, like, very upset or I'm going to bash it or anything like that. Like, it was it was fine. It was, you know, it was decent. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think if the final... 20 to 25 minutes isn't as intense and as well put together as it was that this film easily could have been a failure in my opinion. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. There but, were a lot of moments in the movie where I found myself bored. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, oh, man. I, I, I will say one great scene besides the final act mm-hmm. is the bus scene, I thought, uh, the way it was shot. and Oh, yeah. With the boy. Mm-hmm. Like, that was like, I was genuinely like, okay, we're ramping up here. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, just any horror movie starts off a little, whatever. Sure. But everything in that sequence I thought was fantastic from him and the dad making the very bad choices of getting out of the <laughs> car, you know, whatever, and him and him shooting the doctor. I'm like, oh, wow, this is like a literal ball of chaos. Uh, but it yeah, and never. then it really died off after that. It yep. did, didn't really. I kind of hate to say this about a horror movie because it's not the sole purpose of the genre, in my opinion. But I also didn't think this movie was scary. Mm. I thought, yeah. other than the final act in the house, that was the only time when I was even like slightly on the edge of my seat. Mm-hmm. You know, because they were certainly playing it up. But all of the scares. I guess I wanted them to be scarier. Like, it was weird, because normally that's not my thing in the sense that I don't care about jump scares, but I actually wanted there to be more in this movie. You always saw Michael Myers coming here. Yes. Um, And I I think that this film really struggled with that aspect. Yes. Because it seemed like, even though the camera was, like, always looking for him, which Mm -hmm. is fine. That's a pretty normal horror movie trope. Uh, for the most part, he is always in the frame before he actually gets there, which is yeah. really bizarre. And you take something like the scene with the drunk high schooler and the, you know, whatnot, mm-hmm. uh, when that's a scene where on paper, I'm like, I'm all on board because that's like the motion sensors going on and off. I'm like, that's a clever scene. So you know how that's going to play out the moment that it starts. But even with the final gotcha scare, when the lights come back on for the final time, 
It's weirdly muted, and no, I don't need a James Wan, like, slam the piano as loud as you can. Like, I don't need it to be that ridiculous, but I also feel like they were trying to make this extremely uh, mass-marketed, where, you know, anybody could watch what this was and the rating not on this movie? Be... It was rated R. Sorry. Well, really well there's some, the head squash and the... That's a yeah. fuck. Yeah, they, that's four or five it's, times. it's a it's a pretty yeah, light R, I would say, for be this the kind lightest R I've seen in some time then. for this genre, uh, I would say. But, um, but yeah, like I just thought some of these weird quote unquote jump scares were very muted in a way where it genuinely did not want to offend anybody. And certainly, the original Halloween is not so much that that's a jump scare movie, but kind of is. There, there's some great stuff in there. I mean, nothing in this movie comes close to Jason... Uh, Jason, fuck. <laughs> Michael. Pretty much the same guy. Yeah. <laughs> Michael uh, jumping out for the guy who goes to get beer from the fridge uh, <laughs> while his lady is upstairs after he then uh, puts on the sheet to go upstairs. You know, that whole sequence has a million different scares layered in at each beat of that scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was just nothing that even came close to that level of... Uh, other than the final, I would say, flashlight sequence with Laurie basically having all the rooms but one locked down. And having that was to, wonderful and Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, and that was that's fantastic. What, that, that's what people who watch horror films would be like, just make sure you trap him not able to go in the rooms to hide. Yeah. There they did it. I, yeah. I'll say this, and... <laughs> I watched the first 40 minutes of Annabelle Creation, the sequel to Annabelle, Mm -hmm. and I actually watched the first 40 minutes and turned it off, basically saying, like, I'll finish this tomorrow, because I was, like, did not want to continue, because I'm like, this is getting fucking intense. It was, like, 1 a.m., but I'm like, you know what, I can just savor the next, because it was getting fucking scary, whereas this, I, yeah, I was just kind of like, I could have fell asleep, like, as far as, like, noise and whatever. Before the uh, ending, my favorite scene actually happened right around the middle part of the film when you see Michael Myers uh, through the windows going back around uh, the house and a woman is on the phone and she's just a random character. Uh, And then he comes in from behind, pushes her against a window and stabs her through the neck and you actually see the knife going through. Um, Unfortunately, that was the coolest kill of the entire film for me. And oh, and he stomped on the doctor's face. I've seen head stomps before, <laughs> and it's not yeah. like this one was bad. But at the same time, again, this is a film that's a horror film that had a pretty high budget. Like I'm expecting, yeah. I'm expecting some good work here. Yeah. Um, and I feel like there were off a lot of the killings were off screen, which is makes no sense to me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it it makes sense in a film like Hellfest where you have literally no budget. <laughs> So you yeah, need yeah. to pick and choose where you're going to show cool things. Where this is like, here's this really cool kill scene, um, but you didn't get to see it because we just didn't want to do it. As uh, someone who's been watching a truckload of 70s and 80s like indie, low-budget horror, it's amazing how many of them, even if they suck as movies, have much more... I would say effective kills. Not so much that they go crazy with, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, like with ingenuity, but they're like, okay, we're going to show this, so why don't we just literally take a can of cat food and drip it in red paint and just throw it at the camera? Like, you know, like, and I'm not saying Halloween has to go so far into the Jason level or whatever, 
But yeah, for it to be all half off screen, uh, also 90% of the kills were the same. I think I said that earlier, but yeah. it, 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 he had a very weird fixation on jaws, uh, whether it would be oh, through yeah. the jaw, uh, just above the, like, I don't know. That was just a weird thing that kept coming up. And then uh, the, what you call it, uh, the, the, the drunk dude. Yeah, the fence. Fence post. It was just kind of weird that 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 guy in the, um, early on in the movie when he had broken his jaw and he was laying on the desk yeah. and his face yep. was like that was another all... jaw thing yeah like, it was a weird yeah kind of seemed like david gordon green doesn't watch a lot of horror movies also and he just like got the idea for the jaw thing so... and he's like we need more jaws <laughs> so i am just um body wise confused on something so he's got the two cop bodies burning like jack-o'-lanterns how did he remove all of their insides and get their skin to stay like that? I know it's a silly Halloween movie, but what? So here's what I'll say about that scene. Why that scene didn't work for me <laughs> is not for what you're it's saying. It's not because the skin because was burning but not burning? No, but because we didn't get to linger on it, I forgot that that was in the movie. Because <laughs> when the reveal happened, they cut away very quickly after. And... Um, I, I kind of wish that there was more to that now. Now that I'm remembering that happened, that was one of the cooler things, but clearly they didn't have the budget, quote-unquote. Uh, I don't know. Uh, can I say writing-wise, though? Mm-hmm. Why doesn't Karen... Karen! Karen! Why doesn't Karen have a single line referring to her husband getting murdered? Because he's inconsequential after he's killed off. I mean, he is, and I didn't need her to, like do a soliloquy about how her marriage was the greatest thing that ever happened to her and blah, blah. as soon as but, he's gone the plot has written him off so it, yeah like i just yeah. i thought there'd be one line where Lori goes it's a real bummer that he was locked up on your closet yeah <laughs> i just thought Lori was gonna say something like or no, not even Lori, but she would say something like where's ray like why do you not how i I don't get. I don't get that at all. Literally, like that's. Oh, I don't know. Horror characters make. We, we, we could go look, but I just burned the house down, so we're <laughs> fucked. Horror characters make stupid choices, but that makes no sense. It's good that point. it's not even addressed. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. And she's very excited to go downstairs, uh, in, and yet, I I don't know. I just don't understand. I mean, that. the only thing I can think is because they're in that finale when there's like the twist of like, like when she snaps into her. Like, oh, yeah, I, I do know what I'm doing, and I'm all game for what's going on here. Is like maybe she was kind of like a psychopath to begin with, and her husband was just part of like luring him in, and he was just like a sacrificial thing. But nah. I, I mean, it sounds crazy, but like, I'm not uh, this fucking movie was kind of crazy. Like, I'm. <laughs> I'm I'm not willing to buy into I, what you're selling. So I don't now. really <laughs> buy it either. I'm just throwing it out there as a possibility because yeah, I hadn't no, really thought would... about it until. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, with these films, uh, you know, they're s- so open for any sort yeah. of fan theories. But I think that this film is actually super straightforward um, and I, almost to a fault, actually. Everything in the opening scenes with the uh, the podcasters who will probably be made fun of uh, for the rest of time. <laughs> the problem is, is when this film ages like 10 or 15 years, that's not going to be any funnier. It's just going to be stupid. Uh, and it's disappointing because those are the kind of characters that like you look back and like, oh, these stupid people, they're so dumb. But now you're just going to watch and be like... Why are they here? Like, it'll yeah. it, it'll almost be like watching the opening scene from Saw Seven when they're having that weird 
bizarre thing where all the people are tied to the machine and oh oh that yeah yeah, yeah. And, I'm and thinking it, of something else it, it like is is the more times I watch that the more I'm like this is not getting any better with age this is just getting dumber yeah it's yeah. never good to age yourself with like current technologies or things yeah. that are going on and uh, no but as it, we sit here in podcasts and uh, make yeah. fun of the podcasters I I mentioned. Uh, when we were discussing before that I, I feel like personally that was, uh, but I don't know. Cause now the more we're talking about, it, I don't think this movie was smart enough to be taking <laughs> these sorts of stabs at, but I, I thought the podcasters getting killed off pretty quickly, it, um, was just sort of the film's way of sort of having a commentary on like, uh, you know, people like us who sit around on podcasts and all of a sudden they, they think they're like journalists and they're going out and they're trying to get to the bottom of this story. And it's like, no, you're just fucking podcasters. And to be don't fair, know. just really quickly, uh, I mean, what we do is that. <laughs> but technically, podcasting as a medium has led to things like Serial, sure. which was an actual sure piece of media that actually opened up uh you know a cold case and yeah. and uh, these people in the movie very clearly traveled from england i'm assuming and yeah they something like that showed up to laurie's house like with no invitation and they were just like we have three thousand dollars just let us in the talk and oh yeah it's like, well no what? and i think that that's what? the point like they probably worked for not a podcast in someone's home, but like an NPR or something where they just like, seem this like is... fanboys, to be honest. Well, and that's <laughs> the thing. But and if that's what they were going for, then they should have pushed it even more. And instead of trying to be like, "Oh, Lori, you you don't have any children with," like it was so weirdly personal. Instead of just being like, "Oh, is it true that his mass changes every year?" I don't know. Like, if they would have just went full scream, I think those characters would have worked. Mm-hmm. But because they are, for some weird reason, rooted in reality in an uncomfortable way uh, that just does not gel with Lori's story at all, uh, it's just really awkward. Yep. I would concur with that. So, yeah, when we see Michael Myers uh, multiple times without his mask on, it's not the first time that that's happened because he's always got to get his mask True. and get his jumpsuit. but. I'll agree with what the thing that you guys had hit on a little bit earlier in the episode that we see like the side of his face probably a like lot. 30 times before he actually reacquires the mask 45 minutes into the it's film. the first yeah. third of the movie. Yeah. yeah. And it's weird because they're so purposefully not showing his face, which they should not. <laughs> but because they're not doing that, it's only calling attention as to how much we're still seeing <laughs> due to these really kind of poorly edited uh, shots trying to conceal his face. Uh, the fact that I basically now know what he looks like, like ad nauseum, is just kind of a weird feeling to come away from. I mean, he's called the shape for a reason, and I'm like, no, he's actually just a dude with a really... S- Sick ass white beard who uh, just kind of looks like Richard Attenborough, and uh, yeah, it's just, it's just weird. Welcome <laughs> to Jurassic Park. Oh, and then he murders people because he's Michael Myers. Hey. That's why he's trying to draw people off his scent. Yeah, by having a so dinosaur theme park. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'm trying. I'd like to point out some things I did actually like. Let's we, do we've it. We've been largely yeah. very negative about this so far. I think it's because we're all, well, I think at least me and Kenny are disappointed. Oh, so am I. Yeah. Oh, you? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. 
it's a disappointment thing. But, but yeah. that said, there there are good things about it. And when you stop trying to sort of figure out what they're trying to do with the storyline is when that's when it's okay. It's when it's doing fine. It's at its best. Um, I think his mask looks great in this movie. Yeah. I think he looks very menacing once he finally gets his... his yeah, that going. mask in Halloween 4 was... Oh. The, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the convenience store mask? Yeah, that uh, was... Uh, that was not... A lot of money was put into that. Yeah. That was sort of intentional, though. That's fine. Because he, yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter now because this disregarded all of that, so none doesn't, of that matters. Doesn't anymore. exist anymore. Um, I very much enjoyed the scene. I cannot remember the kid's name, but Dang. we've already talked about it a couple times where they jump the fence and they're in the backyard and the the lights, the uh, motion detector comes mm-hmm. on, and I thought that was all very, very, very well done. I loved that Michael Myers was just hanging out in the backyard and the kid drunkenly thought it was his neighbor and was sort of having a conversation with him. Um, it would, uh, yeah. The other thing that too is that this series never makes Michael Myers, at least in this film, at least he is never like a real person at all. Like even Jason at moments will do things that are comedic. That are um, that Michael Myers. I don't think I'll say does. Uh, when he does uh, when he goes into that random woman's house and stabs her in the back of the throat. Uh, he's walking through the house and there's a the baby crying. And for a second, I thought he was gonna fucking kill the baby, and I was like, "Holy fuck, they're gonna go there!" Yeah. And then he just didn't do it. And I was like, "Oh, okay, well, killing babies is an extreme." No, no, no. I, I, I get <laughs> it. No, and that's why I was actually disappointed that they teased us like that because I don't. Need why, to... why? Why would he leave? A... Right. Why would he care that it's a baby? Exactly. Like he's supposed to be the boogeyman. Literally, like he's talked about as someone who is like mm-hmm. left his own body, so to speak. Like well, he is yeah. the force of evil. And and that's kind of why I'm saying like that's one moment where he's actually not the boogeyman. Exactly. Like, he so to give him a, that right. only makes his character worse. Yeah. He does I, have like this thing where he's always say like he saved his little sister and like this this well not huh? say. No, no, no. He I'm killed talking, his sister. I'm Are you talking about zombie? Talking, the zombie version, <laughs> yeah. yes. Which is a, I, I'm yeah. just saying, like... You, well, you in said, that movie... You said they never those, portray him No, as no, like, those two movies are completely different. Yes, That, that blows the lid off of Michael Myers as right. a force of evil and actually makes him a human being. Mm-hmm. Behind yeah. the mask, obviously. Yes. But he's got a stripper mom, and he's got... <laughs> like, literally, like, all that is there for yeah. you. And but, you get the transference at the end of the second one. Mm-hmm. At any rate... But uh, more, more, he should have killed a baby. Okay, yeah. perfect. All, all of Thank that you. just to say he he is sure. given some some humanity. He's given humanity, but he's uh, I guess more what I was trying to reach at is that he will never do anything for comedy really. Where all of the other horror icons are pretty much open to play along with a comedic part of films. Yeah, which is I think fine for Michael. Yep, Meyer. absolutely. Well, yeah, for him to be yeah menacing right. and, and not have I mean. Like, that is the most you're ever going to get is him that's standing for thing. an extra few beats to yeah. let the scene play out. Right. Yep. Yeah, no, and that's, like, that's most of what he has going for him mm-hmm. as a horror villain. Uh, but, yeah. Um, right after that scene in the backyard where the kid is um, killed and, and hung up on the fence, which I actually, of all the kills that happened off screen, I that one was probably my favorite i i did kind of like when they finally did reveal like the fence post through his mouth and everything 
thought that was pretty great. But then, like, the panic ensuing after that, I loved... That was the one moment with the music that Oh, I, that was great. I fucking loved it. Like, that was... Finally, at that moment, I was like, all right. They finally, brought in they, Hans Zimmer for three beats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 they sort of took the, the main theme and um, did a little something with it. That yes. And they do that, actually, a couple times when... Uh, the babysitter's boyfriend sees the motorcycle. The way he mm, goes into yeah. that garage when you don't know that that's what he's looking at yes. uh, is the uh, Halloween theme slowed down. Yeah, uh, where you're only hearing the first two like uh, bars, uh, not the first two, but whatever of that piano whatnot, which I thought was actually pretty great. I f- I feel like immediately afterwards and I'm already warming up to it just talking about it a little bit. I I felt very disappointed with the score of this one. It felt very I mean it's subdued. attached to something very disappointing. Yeah. But it just it just felt obnoxiously subdued and toned back, but yeah. I thinking back on it, I think upon further viewings uh I'll probably grow to like the score a, a bit more. Um Ooh. and obviously the finale was most excellent. I mean, yeah, the, the the finale, pretty much everything about it, the suspense built up, uh, was just second to none. Like, it was just wonderful. And um, and I'm so glad that they actually used the house because I got burned earlier this week with Bad Times at El Royale. <laughs> when we see the house for the first time and we get to see all what that house entailed, the bunker, the uh, door locking mechanisms, everything, whatever... I'm like, you know, this is going to be bullshit if Michael shows up, goes through the front door, and then just chases her around a room. Like, You know, like, if it just, if all that gets, but no. It's, we chased uh, her out the window at one point, and true. there was a really cool callback. Yes, that uh, was actually else great. I really liked when, when she fell out of the window, and he sort of went looking for her, and she was gone. And he, yes. there was this moment of, what the fuck? That was great. <laughs> I thought she just died. Yeah, <laughs> that was, um, that was perfect because the idea of the story being brought back on him mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, is wonderful i will say uh there seemed to be in my opinion an abandoned storyline of michael having this supernatural power that in, uh, affects uh people around him uh when he's in his murdering mode um and it happens early in the very first in that terrible scene <laughs> uh when all of the other people at the uh at the hospital are pretty much all like almost like to their knees frightened that this force is coming. And it's mentioned also by the terrible Loomis stand in, uh, who also murders Will Patton for whatever reason. That was such a weird. Yeah. Why would he murder him? Like, even if he has the, you know, the brain to want to do the shit he wants to do, like study Michael, like, yeah, so he's going to study him, but then go to jail? Like, <laughs> Yeah, and he's also going to put on his mask for whatever reason. Which... For like a second. Yeah. Uh, it was one that... thing if he would have put it on and then like Michael kills him and like, you're not Michael. Or... Very, very much <laughs> along the lines of your uh, supernatural storyline that felt like it sort of fizzled out and fell apart. Like it was more no, it, the... in the writer's room, but then sort of was cut and I think that they film more scenes for that and abandon yeah. the storyline. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It seemed the, to me the, the terrible Loomis stand-in uh, also felt like a storyline that maybe was meant to be more. And then because that scene when he kills that cop was so fucking awkward, how I don't remember what he said to Michael Myers when he got out of the car, but it was almost like he had this moment of realizing like 
oh now it's now it's my turn to to like almost vicariously be Michael Myers and like well there he had this idea that Michael Myers and Laurie Strode like needed to like have each other almost it's almost like kind of what which uh, is what what the podcasters say because mm-hmm. they kind of talk about how you know like they really want her to go see him and that's right. the only reason whatever but it's weird because we're never given any indication that that doctor thinks that way because we don't spend any time with that doctor we see him in uh in their in the asylum you know guiding them to michael uh and then he's knocked out for half the movie literally mm-hmm. unconscious uh and then he wakes up and he'll stab a cop just to put those well, two together rob zombie will remake this one 10 years from now and explain the shit out of his character i hope not <laughs> Only because I don't want to see an explanation on that yeah. character. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, it's a no for me, dog. Yeah, <laughs> eh, you know what? That's not uh, necessarily a bad thing. I will say a negative about the uh, very finale of this film uh, in the in the end of the scene. I felt like with all of the build up, uh, the release we got when the three women are fighting Michael was only like ten seconds long, and it should have been more like thirty or forty seconds long because. I feel like you need to have something to feel worthwhile that there is a battle going on between those three women and him where it feels like stab, 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 push him down the stairs, and then uh, we're going to close the stairs with these things. Also, too, he should have gotten caught in that. That would have been fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, Um, I'm with you in the sense that you – it clearly the image that the – Green and McBride want you to leave with is the three women standing over him as they literally burn him to death. Mm-hmm. But I don't care about the three women. I only care about Lori. Mm-hmm. So the idea that the entire emotion, emotional crux of the climax is going to hang on two characters we barely know anything about. Uh, and, and really don't care about? And don't care about. And one character who is basically, in my opinion, sorely underused in her own 40-year sequel. Uh, that was just kind of... Uh, it, it was weirdly finite, too. Isn't Michael always supposed to like get away? I know they no, don't... No, he, he, he's still alive. Come no, on. I'm not saying he's, he's dead, he's still... but there always has to be... Kind of like The point is there's always that moment of like, oh, shit, you know, like, he's not... Like, you know, him getting up off the ground in the very first film. I mean, that's just from the very first one. Uh, the idea that they walk away and it freeze frames on that idea is weird to me. Yeah. I like st- it seemed, sorry. I was going to say it seemed like Jamie Lee Curtis wanted to, like would only do it if it was quote unquote, a closed loop within the script. I suppose. I mean, the uh, whole thing's got that feel to it. Like they just disregarded the rest of the sequels to begin with. What makes you think they're going to play along with that rule either? You know oh, what no, I mean? I'm, I'm not saying, yeah. <laughs> sure. I mean, uh, the again, if Michael Myers is coming up through the floor and gets caught in that, I mean, that's. I think that for me, that's the problem with this film is it actually sets up these really cool kills and then either does them off screen or doesn't do them at all, which is very bizarre. And I think the image of him trapped in the floor, burning to death would have been a lot more powerful than him just creepily staring through there, almost like a puppy dog. Um, And then his body is just gone when we go back to it. 
which I guess is supposed to say he escaped. But if you want to go through this whole thing that they burn him alive and and all that, like, don't you want to commit to that? Especially in a redo. That's why, even though the final climactic scene was wonderful, that part of it just felt like a final nail in this movie's coffin for me. That it was a little, although I do love the final image of them in the back of the truck and uh, going out onto the knife being in the girl's hand, which I actually thought was wonderful. I mean, yeah, that that's, I agree with you, but also the credits are about to roll. So it's like at this point, I, you know, (laughs) thematically I'm there, but also like, Oh good. The freeze frame. We're done. Um, Also to the computer generated redo of the original, uh, mm. intro was a big miss. I oh, thought. you didn't like that? Oh, I I liked that. Oh, yeah. did you? Yeah. Okay, I thought it was. I thought it was. I just mean, it was kind of silly. It was, it was cheap and whatnot, yeah. but I. I think it was, was the kind of cheap that I wanted. And I think it was supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, did you not like the like, pumpkin uh, sort of blowing back up like no, a no, balloon? I, Is that what I, I like the idea of that, and I thought that that was cool. Uh, at the same time, I just feel like it was. The the sight of the pumpkin uh, during the credits was so much better in the original that oh, it felt well, felt like this is just trying to riff off that, but well, not I mean, really. It was. So, I, mean, I understand that. <laughs> uh, yep. I don't know what else they would have done. No, it's 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 a it's a yeah. complaint that is not really that big of a deal. I'm just looking for things to bitch about now because I'm did... a Star Wars fan. Speaking of Star Wars, because I just had a, well, because <laughs> I just I actually just had a thought. Um, I'm trying to remember. Uh, did Michael Myers come across Allison by chance? He didn't find Allison, who played the grand. Uh, that was uh, yeah, by chance. Laurie's granddaughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty much by chance. By chance because. He killed that dude, sure, and it's only because she goes back to look at that right. death. That's that, the that first time they were face to face. Yeah, and I just found myself thinking, like, I get it; it's a convenient way to convey the story, but like, why? I guess my issue is like, why? But he doesn't follow her. Well, he bro, goes to Lori no matter what. But then there was like that moment where she escaped the cop car and. Like, he almost, like, had this thing where it was like, I know you're part of this family. Like, I, I'm not done with you yet. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't understand why. Yeah. No, I, I, I get what you're I saying. I get the same feeling that I've gotten from Star Wars lately where it's like, can we get away from this family? Like, right. why can't we just get a Michael <laughs> Myers story that's unrelated to this family? Like, why does it all have to tie into this family? Because it makes it sort of absurd. Like... I think you're kind of touching on what I think, which that I I only care about Lori in this movie. Like, yeah. If it wanted to be the Lori sequel, then it should have been that. Sure. But the idea that we needed to see these two generations of people we don't know whatsoever, and Lori doesn't even really know. <laughs> yeah. Um, just kind of made it slightly trite. And and Michael Meyer being the boogeyman and just killing people whether they're random people or not like that's really all i'm showing up to see is the kills like i don't need it to stay all in the family this whole time I... also to boy the way glenn miller played oh wow well done Sorry, sir. they made the hit parade those were the days those were the days <laughs> i am so confused right that's now. the all in, all in the family uh theme, theme song, song. <laughs> 
Oh, never... oh yes. Now, <laughs> I was gonna say if you, if if you've never watched oh, All in the Family, boy. you are doing yourself a oh, disservice. Boy. No, no, oh, I got it. Now, okay. I, now I'm getting it. Okay, yeah. Hey, Archie. <laughs> Sorry. Guys, what calls the men? Woman. Sorry. This is where we've gotten to. That's Hell great. Yeah. So, uh, we've done a pretty good job covering this film, I think. What did you guys think of Lori herself? Well, of course like, we did. What? We're podcasters. <laughs> we follow every lead and thread. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought Lori was actually very much not a great character in yeah. this film. Didn't well, like her. I didn't like what they did with her. I don't mind what they did. I just didn't like how they backed it up, so to speak. Eh, you uh, see that? I still think Jamie Lee Curtis was fantastic with what she had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in the field. I, um, it's not as good when you when you don't say it. I'm sorry, buddy. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> um, and uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I... <laughs> Ooh, boy. I what was I gonna say? Oh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, I thought she actually was fantastic in this movie. So I'm very, Great. I'm very much here for a version of this movie, mm-hmm. <laughs> just not necessarily the version that we got. Hmm. What about you, Kenny? I know you kind of basically said that you weren't a huge fan of her, and I, and I, and I wasn't either because I think that her character was very one-dimensional here which again it's a horror film but at the same time this is the i've been holding this for 40 years so you'd think there'd be a little more here Uh, yeah and it's kind of tough to put my finger on what it was i didn't like about her other than it feels like a total disconnect from the lori we knew from the first film um i i understand like supposed to be getting lori who's dealt with this trauma of yeah, of, of death and all of that, but we only know Lori pre sure. Halloween. But the the two characters just seem so vastly different, like incredibly different. Like the 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 personality given by this Lori. I don't know. Maybe I'm just looking way too uh, far. No, I, I'm with you in the sense that yeah. I, I'm basically I like that, and yet I don't think they did it well enough to justify it. I mean, basically, this, is, this I, is what 15 straight years of a diet of only Activa will do to you. So <laughs> <laughs> makes sense now. I mean, I seriously though. I mean, <laughs> like. You will become a crazy person who looks like Norman Bates' mother. So. Well, and the other thing, too, is that there are good ideas in this movie with her and her character, and yet the movie doesn't actually understand what's compelling about her character, even when it is displaying it. For example, I thought one great thread that should have been pulled on was when um, she blows into town to the land of suburbia, so to speak, away from her compound uh, because she knows uh, he's back. And she just comes out of a car with a shotgun telling everyone to go home and whatnot. <laughs> and you see one millisecond of a cut of some parents saying, oh, my God, we have to leave now. But, like, it should have been, like, Lori versus the world. You know, like, it should have been slightly more of a uh, – I don't know, just a buffer between her and Michael because while they are at battle, so to speak, 
I feel like the rest of the world would be like, whoa, you can't just be waving a gun in the middle of the street, like, even if there is a Michael happening. And, no, she and that up, would have been kind of fascinating. She teams up with the police officers way too easily. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially because in the beginning, because at first I thought that was going to be super hard for her to do, because in the beginning, Will Patton just kind of sees her, and then he's like, I know who will get us whatever. And then he just turns to the doctor. I'm like, oh, I guess I thought. I'm not saying that would have, like, been whatever naturalistic but i thought he was gonna like pull Lori out and be like well, what do you I, know i guess with these movies the cops another star wars tie-in the cops have always been treated much like uh like stormtroopers where they've always been very easily manipulated uh just earlier on in the franchise it was just loomis was just above the law like the cops would tell him to do something and he'd just be like i'm the only man that can control this and they'd be like but do you really and he's like well, I don't know, but I've got to find out. And he was just above the law. And it was very much the same in this one, where it's like... Which makes no sense, because back then, there was no Michael Myers. I mean, there was, obviously. But here, it's like, okay, we know that Michael Myers likes to escape on Halloween night and murder children. (laughs) So maybe we should just take that at face value. Yeah. Yeah, I know I mentioned this before we started the episode, and basically, both of you just kind of said, well... This is the only way that the film could begin or whatever. But literally, they would really just move him for the first time in 40 years on Halloween night? Hell yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And again, with the... What with, else were they going to do? With the new, I don't know. I, they could have done better. Come on. They, they could have done better. Come and on, bro. With that, the, that would have been a lot of mental power where this movie does not need it. <laughs> This movie needs that kind of thinking behind a lot of other parts, but moving him on a bus on Halloween night, like, everything in the prologue of this movie should be settling down for a story we've heard before, only to find out that it's so much worse this time. Which it's not. No, it's not. But that's why I'm saying, like, I don't care how we got off the bus, I just care that after he steps off, you know, there's a reason for a new version of this. See, I... Let me let me throw this out to you guys and see what you think. Okay, I'll throw it right I back. I thought when the stand-in Loomis had the moment where um, they hit Michael Myers with the car. That he was going to say that he did it? Well, to Alex's point, I was – at that point, I started becoming intrigued. I was like, oh, because I, I, I agree with you, Alex. Like, I, I kind of thought early on, I'm like, really, this again? Like, we're moving him on Halloween again? Yeah. Um, at that point, I started seeing glimpses of, oh, shit. Are he they... orchestrated this. Yes. Yeah. But not only orchestrated it, but I thought for a fleeting moment that the – because they didn't I... – what would have been more clever about this had been the guy that was the doctor, quote, um, was actually Michael Myers, and that the guy that – was shown as Michael Myers that got hit by the car was just another person that was in on He's this escape. He's shrunk two feet <laughs> talks now. Well, it would I'm be very that... weird if we followed a character, got to know him even for a scene or two, and then he's like... Sure. And then he just stops talking once he but comes. To Alex's point, though, had they condensed this down a little bit more and made it happen earlier on, it could have been a more clever way of an escape rather than just a, another typical run-at-the-mill, like, we put him on a bus and he beat the shit out of the driver and escaped. Like, I will say this. Yeah. If there was any twist re- involving the doctor that could have worked besides him just giving one line of dialogue saying that 
he wanted him moved on Halloween because of this, you know, to get him to see Laurie, which I'm not saying that would have worked. But if we didn't see the doctor too much in the beginning, but not only that, but maybe we see him for one second and whatever, and then we find out that he's not the doctor, he's just one of the patients on the bus, Mm -hmm. and he was trying to collect Michael to basically have Michael be his, like, you know, killer, so to speak, as they ride off into Mexico and (laughs) have a margarita on a beach yeah i i feel like i would have uh and hi we we yeah boy we're just keeping this going um i we we nick especially you although you talked about in our last episode and even you uh, offered one for the first time in a, quite a while i know you're not a huge fan of talking about what you would have liked if they would have done this mm, differently yeah. um but i feel like i really was hoping that we were going to get something in this film that had there be an alternate motive for Michael Myers to ha- not be just the same. He's going after Lori because he's obsessed with her or whatever. I mean, obviously a lot of parts of that work and that's totally fine. But, but again, you know, let's, let's change this up a little bit. Like, is it, see, you know what? That's what we need. We need, <laughs> we need Michael Myers with his shirt off yeah. on a beach, still with the combat boots on. And we are uh, talking about the actor, Michael Myers. <laughs> we are not talking about the character. Baby. I, Don't like, care. like, like if you want to rewrite a story like this, don't you want to like do something with it? No. And, um, what you just said about what I said, <laughs> Uh, last week as far as I... I'm, normally I am like that in the sense that I don't want to say what a movie should do. But you forfeit that right as a movie when you're the 11th film <laughs> in no in a franchise. Like, that's... You're begging to be said, what could we have done this time? Mm-hmm. So that... I, I'm Here I think it's completely justified. Yeah. When, you, when you're a soul, whatever, then it's like, okay, they got their idea out and this is how they wanted to do it. But mm-hmm. no, when, you, when there's been... Nine other movies, not including the first one, uh, you're going to draw some criticism as to what you could have done to, you know, make yourself stand out from the pack or tread new ground. Especially when you're trying to eliminate the, see, that's wonderful. (laughs) And that's the problem is the, the, but that's, that does go off of a little bit. And we are looking at a photo of Michael Myers. uh, The actor. Floating. Yeah. In the pool. Yeah, he actually kind of looks like uh, Adam Sandler and Billy Madison. I would Billy Madison. Yes. <laughs> so. Yeah. He's got a beer. Nudie magazine day. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh. too damn hot for a penguin to be just walking around. <laughs> I got this shirt from Frank's. <laughs> God, Frank's. I haven't seen that movie in like 15 years, and yet I, I somehow still know every line. Yeah. Yeah. Boy. Anyway. Hmm. Should we go to final ratings? I think so, because yeah. we're just going to start doing lines from Billy Madison here. For <laughs> I thought you were going to say lines of Coke. <laughs> That's a different t- party. Oh, that escalated hard. quick. Said, God damn! I stabbed a man with a trident. <laughs> Brick, I've been meaning to talk with you about that. <laughs> Probably going to want to lay low. Yeah. What other movies can we start quoting before? Yeah, we any of them. Big Lebowski. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Bunny. <laughs> Suck your cock for a thousand dollars. 
Uh, uh, go find an ATM machine. Yeah, let me just go to a cash machine. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, we really need you on this one. <laughs> so I'll go first. Okay. Yep. I, uh, I'm going to split this right down the middle and actually give this a two and a half out of five. And I, I really did want to like this more. Uh, I wanted to be able to give this a favorable rating, and I still do think that this is a movie that actually the better parts of it outweigh the negative, uh, even though we've vastly talked about the negative on this episode. Uh, At the same time, though, this is still disappointing to me because just like with Jigsaw last year, which this is a better film than that, but at the same time, okay, you keep... You keep you keep going back to that well if you want. What? <laughs> Thinking that Jigsaw was good. Fuck out of here. I didn't think it was that good. Okay. Okay. I don't think this is that good. No, okay. And to be completely honest, whether you think it's good or bad, I think Jigsaw felt more like Saw than this felt like Halloween. Hmm. Okay. I, I, I'll Just. disagree with that. I mean, it feels like a Saw film, but at the same time, it's very similar to this, and it feels like it's bringing nothing new when it's supposed to be this resurgence in the series. But technically, this movie okay. brought, quote-unquote, new things, and that's what dragged this whole movie down. So I'd rather a lackluster sequel than a movie saying, 40 years in the making, we're going to give you a lot of shit you don't need and barely scratch the surface on the shit that you've always loved about this franchise. Well put. <laughs> that being said, uh, I still think this is really in the same ballpark as something like Jigsaw. Uh, this is just a film that I think set itself up that it had to be really good, and it just wasn't. It was very mediocre. Uh, however, that being said, the kills that we did get to see, for the most part, were actually pretty good, I thought. Um, and also to, uh, the last 20 to 30 minutes, I thought were actually fantastic in this film and that's what saves it ultimately. But it's a two and a half out of five for me for the Halloween sequel. That's called the same thing as the original. Kenny. All right. Um, I, uh, oh boy, this is, this is, this is killing him right here. He doesn't it, want to say the wrong thing. No, <laughs> I'm just, I'm still just so torn on on how I feel about this. But I, ultimately, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna end up rating it much better than what it sounded all along. Like I'm going to, because um, I, with, and that's, it, I'm gonna say I'll, I'll give it a three, three point five out of five, and that's with a lot of room to potentially really up that grade because I definitely think. When I rewatch this a couple times, I'll find a lot more to like about it, and certain things will probably. Well, I hope so. Yeah, I hope there uh, is a lot more to like that uh, we didn't get on our first viewing. Um, I think. Uh, I mean, we literally just watched it. Uh, to be totally clear about this, like we just came from the theater and are doing this show, so I think even after sleeping on it, I'll feel more positive about it. Uh, truth be told, I I think, and I mentioned this earlier. I think it was fine. I just think because I came in with this expectation of, holy fuck, they disregarded all the rest of the other movies. This better be something. I don't. If you take that away, like it was fine. It was just fine. <laughs> and that's what most of these movies are. They're just fine. Mm-hmm. It, it does its job. It comes in. It does what it needs to do. And that's that. Like there's plenty to pick apart with all the Halloween movies and be like, well, that was just stupid. That was a poor decision. Where were they going with that? 
of course, there, there's always that with Halloween. So I feel like once I get past that, I'll be a lot more positive about this movie. So it, it'd be a three and a half for me right now with a lot of potential to, to be more positive. And as I'm looking around at early reviews, like people are liking this movie so far. So yeah, that was the early vibe on it. Yeah. So yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I'm gonna have to echo Alex's rating and give it a two and a half out of five because it just didn't really work for me. Like mm-hmm. I could watch it any day of the week, but having said that, I've seen uh, only the first four Halloween movies and the two Rob Zombie Halloween movies, and this is my least favorite out of all seven of these collected films. I haven't seen yeah. uh, some of the worst Halloween movies, from what I understand, with uh, a. Uh, Halloween Resurrection and uh, the Curse of Michael Myers number six and whatnot, um, but I prefer John Carpenter's original. Obviously, I prefer the mediocre but a lot of fun sequel, uh, which is actually kind of brilliant in the way it becomes a sequel. And I still consider that the actual sequel, the original sequel. Oh yeah, I mean that... John Carpenter was still technically involved, even if he didn't direct that. Uh, he was there at least somewhat guiding that script, uh, even with the the twist that I still don't really care for, but whatever. Uh, I actually love the third movie. Not Obviously, it's not a Michael Myers movie, but mm. it's a great Halloween movie, in my opinion. And actually, I think the fourth film is a lot of fun and I has love, some good I, scares. That, I love the fourth one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, all the Halloween movies I've seen, I literally like more than this one that I just saw. And the zombie movies, as much shit as they get, uh, I've been on record as saying I enjoy them, but they they really brought way more to the table yes. than, than this new one did. And leave it to the fact that I, if they didn't exist, maybe I would like this a little more because we haven't. If if they didn't exist, we would not have any Halloween sequel that tries to take the lore of mm. Laurie and Michael seriously. Yeah. But we have it two times over. With Rob Zombie's aesthetic, and because I actually think those are great movies, uh, this just kind of falters in comparison to that, even if you get Jamie Lee Curtis back giving it her all. So, yeah, I give it two and a half out of five. I thought the parts that were bad were actively bad, and the parts that were good, like some of the kills and whatnot, were still kind of half assed uh, besides the last 20 minutes. And unfortunately, the last 20 minutes, even if it's as good as it is, uh, yeah, I don't need to sit through an hour and ten minutes to get to the last twenty minutes. Uh, I, you know, that doesn't that does not make a complete package. So, two and a half for me. Very good. So, if you have any thoughts out there on the new Halloween, always feel free to share them with us at filmtankshow at gmail dot com. Or if you try really hard, you might be lucky enough to find us every now and then on Facebook or Twitter. Or even send us a photo on your feelings on Instagram at Film Tank Show. Uh, Kenny, as always, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, it was a pleasure to have you. And um, thanks for having me back. Absolutely. Hi. See you next October. Hi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this fucking guy. We'll try to get you back for something else in there in between. I don't know. Maybe. Probably not. Krampus, December. Krampus in December. Okay. That's hey. fine. Another horror movie. There you go. Look at that. Hey. Christmas horror film is becoming like my favorite genre of anything, right? I have a shoebox. I have one box that is Christmas films, and then I have a shoebox full of uh, Christmas horror films. 
It might be terrible, but I really am looking forward to the end in the apocalypse. And oh, that's not too. a horror film. No, it's a genre. The fact that it's a zombie. That's a horror film. Okay. Is that a romantic comedy? It's a, it's a, it's a zombie Christmas musical. Mm-hmm. So it seems like right up your alley. Oh, absolutely. I, I saw another trailer for it the other day and certainly very much looking forward to that. Good. I, I just pivot very easily right after Halloween with Nightmare Before Christmas and just go right yeah. into the horror Christmas stuff. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. It's a very easy transition. You should watch a movie called Better Watch Out. Okay. It's, uh, it's one of those you don't want to read anything about it, Okay. Uh, but it takes a very Home Alone-esque uh, home invasion thing and flips it on his head for very fucked up and awesome results. That's I'll all I'll say. I'm oh, I basically have already told myself that I want you and Tucson to watch it, so we're all going to watch it, uh, but definitely don't look anything up. It's one of those that movie has a twist that's not at the end. Okay, so. wonderful. I'm already on board. Yep. should watch it sometime soon. Babe. So again, thank you very much to Kenny and from he and Nick. Hi. And myself, Alex Diekman. Hi as well. Hi. We will catch up with you next time here on Film Tank. Thank you.